Welcome to the Weedworks Podcast. It's blunt talk about working in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. Weedworks is brought to you by handgrown.jobs. Handgrown.jobs connects cannabis job seekers to cannabis employers. It's a free resource for people that want to get a job in the cannabis industry. If you want to start your green dream job, then head over to handgrown.jobs, sign up, create your profile, upload your resume to 100%, and start applying for those exciting careers and essential careers in the cannabis industry. The Weedworks podcast is recorded and brought to you by handgrown.jobs. And talking about getting a job in the cannabis industry, Weedworks has partnered with a nonprofit organization that makes free resources available to community members who'd like to get a job in the cannabis industry. Have you struggled with getting a resume? Do you not know how to get into the industry? Unsure if your skills will transfer into the cannabis sector? Our cannabis, the nonprofit organization, focuses on cannabis workforce development. All the resources are free to community members. If you'd like help, you can reach out to our cannabis at contact at rcannabis.org. That's contact at ourcannabis.org. Again, all the resources are free and available to anyone who would like help getting into the cannabis industry. You can also reach out to the Weedworks podcast directly. Our in-studio hotline is 616-206-3240. And that connects you to the Weedworks podcast where we can answer your questions, thoughts, concerns, and have a blunt conversation about working in cannabis. Let's get into today's podcast. I'm excited for our guest, and let's just dive right in. Okay, so today's guest is Tori. She wants to get a job in cannabis, so let's give Tori a call. Hello? Hey, Tori, it's Matt Hoffman. How's it going? How are you doing? Oh, another day at the office running around like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. I'm good with it, though. Oh, that's good. That's all that matters, right? Right, right. So, yeah, thanks for participating in the podcast. It's a cool way to highlight you and what you're about. And also, it's really helpful to other job seekers out there to just hear some other people's stories and maybe some of the things that you've gone through or some of the questions, thoughts, concerns that you have. So, yeah. Thanks for participating. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity. Like, kind of calmed me down since my job search has been going on. Yeah, so let's dive into that. What's your story? What's your background? And what's been some of your experience? So I've got... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've got your resume in front of me, but nobody else knows knows what I know. So what is, what's Tori's story? What's your What's your background? So um, right now I'm living in, in the Lansing area. I went to school and grew up um, in Etsy, Ann Arbor area. I graduated from school last April. Um, I went to I studied arts and entertainment management, so I don't really have any background in cannabis at all. Um, it really wasn't my first career choice either. Um, I to Lansing in November. Uh, kind of just found myself a job to pay the bills. Um, but got a little too comfortable there, stopped really looking for um, what I was passionate about, like in the arts and everything like that. And then um, uh, pandemic kind of 
threw off my um, my career path. I really wanted to go into event planning. And since COVID has hit, I've kind of had to rethink where I wanted to go in my career and kind of figure out what that looks like. So um, I'm really just kind of, if I'm being completely 100% honest, I'm kind of lost right now when it comes to my career and where I want to go from here. So I'm just trying to explore different routes and different options and see how kind of my skills can fit into different industries. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've been there myself and uh, I feel like a lot of other people have been there and, and a few times throughout their life. And it's, you know, it's flipping scary, you know, to, yeah, I mean, to, to go and, and do a job. You know, I mean, we could go do whatever to get money. I could go be a greeter at, at Walmart and get paid. Would I like it? No. And considering how much time we spend at work and, and how much it sort of dominates our life, it matters. It matters. I want to be, I want to be happy at work. I want to enjoy my work. I want to kind of like mm-hmm. have to force myself to stop working. I mean, it should be an enriching process. So I think it's, it's really courageous and admirable one to just have the guts to say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and then to go do something about it rather than just being complacent wherever you are. Uh, so you said that you got too comfortable at your last job. Talk to me about that. Like, what does that mean? So, um, so I moved um, in with my boyfriend in November, um, needed a job so I could pay bills. So I found myself as a receptionist at car dealership and I had great hours. The pay was great. The benefits were great. But the culture wasn't a good fit. Going to work was kind of like just a chore and didn't seem like worth it so much anymore but I was also in a position where there could be potential for upward mobility and I could have been in that company for a long time and um, had the benefits and the, the pay and like worked my way up but it wasn't like I wasn't working for a company that I wanted to stay with for the rest of my life I wasn't doing what I was passionate about anymore yeah and it kind of came like it started affecting my life outside of work so I realized it was time of this time to like make a change. So what type of things were happening there? I mean, bad culture is a, a blanket thing. Like, give me some, give me some examples. My job, like personally, I didn't have a lot going on. So I did offer to help in the office and it became more of people taking advantage of me having the extra time than them appreciating me to being there to help also there's like a car dealership so there's different departments and i didn't really see a lot of camaraderie between those departments um so i didn't really i didn't enjoy the way that different employees treated each other um and i kind of did get the grunt end of that as well um and then another thing about it is this pandemic that's going on covid and everything and just the way that um, it was handled at that company, I didn't agree with either. And I felt more uncomfortable at work than, like, safe and gotcha. able to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, who you work with and how you're treated at work makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. most of the people that are working in cannabis, it, what I've seen is people come in and they either immediately don't work out and they're done. And it could be cultural fit. It could be um, people have ideas of what the work is or isn't. And then those expectations don't match up with reality. 
or they kind of like are ducks to water and they just take right to it and they're they're still there. The people that have stuck around and from what I've seen, there hasn't been like a toxic culture. I mean, I'm sure there is, you know, (laughs) I'm sure there Mm -hmm. is definitely, there definitely is. I haven't heard about it yet. And when I do, I'll, I'll let people know for sure. Mm -hmm. But what I've, what I've seen and, and heard so far is people, there's a learning curve for sure. Just technically in learning a new job, it's just like anything else, but people that work in cannabis, nobody's doing the job to pay the bills. No one's there because they have to be. Everybody that Mm -hmm. works in the industry wants to be there and is excited and, you know, it's new and it's, it's, it seems groundbreaking. And so it creates a, a really positive, uh, really positive atmosphere, at least from the camaraderie and teamwork point of view. So that's, that, that's something that's going on in the industry. It's, that's really nice to hear. I feel like I've worked for a lot of jobs, like where employees just sit there. I'm like, oh, I wish I was anywhere else but here. <laughs> and um, I'm like really looking for something different when it comes to my career. I want to be around people that want to be there and contribute to the culture and the goals and all of that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole wide world of, of career opportunities out there. Why cannabis? Um, well, to be honest, I, um, when I was just looking, um, for jobs, I was on Indeed and company came, popped up that said that they were like a staffing company for the cannabis industry. They ended up being unhelpful, but, um, not surprising. it kind of sparked an interest, started to look into it a little bit more, see if it's something that I'd be interested in. And it's it's cool. It's a growing industry. There's like a lot of opportunities there. And it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities to kind of find your place in the industry instead of just filling a position, you know, kind of um, that's motivating to me and exciting for me. And I... Uh, like the challenge. I feel like I've been bored a lot lately. Mm. I feel like joining the cannabis industry would fill that kind of need for a challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like you've been reading my script. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things that you just said are things that I say quite often. So that's really awesome to hear. I think that you're, you're in the right place and the cannabis industry will challenge you in ways that you don't even know it has a ton of problems you know it's new and one one municipality may do things different than the other businesses do things differently there's no real standard practices different states have different uh, different legislative structures different business structures i mean so it's the cannabis businesses now aren't the pioneers but they most certainly are in the wild west and so it's it's exciting for people that uh, I like you get bored. And if I sort something out, then I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what's next? Cause I'm, I got this figured out. Like, and mm-hmm. the cannabis industry has no shortage of problems to figure out. <laughs> and so, and I think you really hit it on the head too, where this is a sector where if you, if something you want to do doesn't exist, then you just go and talk to the leadership. You say, Hey, I have this skill set, and you guys don't even know that you need this. And I do. So I'm going to create this position and I'm going to do this because you guys need it and I can do it. So that's the way it's going to go. And you can do that. That's how this works. And it, it takes some, it takes some courage to go and have that conversation, but you can carve out your own space and define your own work. And that's, 
I think that's unprecedented, maybe in the the dot com era, but that that's unprecedented, at least in our lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. so that's that's really exciting. And you know, I say this the moment that a person gets a job in the industry, day one, their value goes way up because it shows that they're team players, effective communicators, and that they can work in a compliant environment because compliance is the largest part of cannabis. It's something that a lot of people don't know. It's not really about the knowledge and all this other stuff, which is important, but it's can a person work in a compliant environment? And by getting a job at one of these facilities, it says, hey, I'm Tori and I can I can work under pretty tight set of rules. So if you, let's say if you're over on the east side and you want to move to northern northern Michigan for whatever better sunsets or something, then you have career mobility. And mm-hmm. because you worked in a work in an establishment, you'll cut the line as far as job applicants because you've got the experience. So looking at your background and your education, it's it's all pretty much focused on arts and it looks like events. So yep. what sort of research have you done into the sector? If I was to say, Tori, I can get you your dream job right now. What would it be in the cannabis industry? Oh boy. Um, I, <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Um, I'm completely honest. Like when I found your website, that was like the beginning of my search into this industry. So I'm still like very fresh, very new, but I like, I've worked, I have tons of customer service experience. I have tons of office experience, which, I think would work well at any kind of dispensary um, that kind of, I like working with customers and patients. I've, I feel like that's really where I, like I strive is working with people, but I don't know. I, um, I've seen like, there's also like a, seems like cannabis and tourism is growing, but mm-hmm. like right now that was like, to me, that seems awesome. But like right now in the, the state of the world it's kind of like mm, do i really even want to go like down that road I'm kind of just uh, still in the process of figuring that out i think yeah how how old are you tori i'm 25 oh yeah okay yeah you're <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I graduated college about a year ago now so i'm still very new to this professional world welcome yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, you, you picked a heck of a time to get into it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna uh, teach, but I mean, if I can do this, I can do anything, right? That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, looking at your resume and your background and just kind of hearing what your natural inclinations and interests are, there there is a license type coming out and it's cannabis special events. So think of like um, any type of event that you'd see in the community if a municipality allows that type of activity, which is a whole nother issue. But if a municipality allows that special events or consumption lounges or things like that, like that may be something that could be a little more slotted towards your, you know, towards, Definitely. towards your skill set. I mean, you've got your, you've got your degree, you've got your background. You know, one of the, one of the pieces of advice that I give to people is if you don't know what you want to do, then just get in. Get in whatever, get in where you fit in, wherever. And then mm-hmm. once you're in a company, then you can say, hey, look, you know, I'm a bud tender, but you know, I have a degree in 
and human resources and you guys need a HR manager over here. So, Hey, promote within, I want to, I want to transfer. So that's a, that's a strategy for sure. I think that events and uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Events is kind of like kaput right now. That's not, not really happening, but Fortunately. The wheels of the industry are still turning and events is something, especially with consumption lounges, which seems to me that that would fall within your skill set. Managing a consumption lounge is, is something that it's for, as far as from like an event side, like why would I come to hand grown consumption lounge? Like why? Because you have weed, you have brownies. Well, yeah, so does everybody else. But what's the unique experience that I'm getting from coming here? That's that's something that you could provide. And you know, this coronavirus isn't gonna last forever, knock on wood. <laughs> um, and so, you know, eventually we'll just get back to life as the way it was. I mean, eventually, I hope. Right. And um, and that means, you know, everything's back to the way it was. I know these businesses are chomping at the bit to get these special licenses, these event licenses, and these consumption lounges opened because it's a totally new source of revenue for them and unique experiences, destinations, things like that uh, will be the competitive advantage when everybody's got good flour and good, good cookies and things like that. So would you relocate for a job? Yes, I would. I definitely would. And what do you, what do you need as far as a salary? What would it take to do that? This is always like the last thing on my mind. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but I don't know. I just need enough to live comfortably. Like, every, I don't even know what a good salary is right now. And um, I'm just really focusing on something that makes me like I enjoy doing. Um, I'm very lucky comes to my financial situation. I also have a very supportive partner. So I'm kind of just focusing more on like what drives me to be motivated and to be happy rather than on the salary but yeah well um, to be able to live comfortably there is some wage recommendations that i'm uploading on the handgrow.jobs and that'll give you a breakdown of all the different there's 128 cannabis industry specific positions that we have and it'll have Mm -hmm. wage recommendations based on sampling other like industries so that'll be available and i can i and when we're done i'll just i'll just email it to you so you can take a look at it to have an idea but that's a that's a resource that we're putting out there so thanks for the opportunity to plug that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah this is great (laughs) Uh, so what kind of questions do you have for me how can i help you so really biggest thing what led me to you is how do i how do you really like pick up pick out what real and what's not in the cannabis industry like how do you find something legit some a legit company and like how do you know Mm, wow yeah that's a really good question okay you know just like anything online i mean i could i could make a instagram profile and be a 110 pound asian chick you know i'm a i'm like a 300 pound bearded hairy dude that so you can be anybody online so the the best way is to have conversations with people in the community. What dispensaries do they go to? What's their experience been? Talk to other other staff members or, or people that are there. And again, you're setting me up for a plug. There's a Facebook group, the Handgrown Employees and Cannabis Workers Facebook group. 
that's a way to communicate with people that are job seekers like you and also people that are working in the industry just to have conversations. So I would leverage the, the groups, go on to LinkedIn, go on to Facebook and just have conversations with, with anybody you could and just say, Hey, what's your experience? What has it been like? And then going to these actual places, websites can be a bit hyperbolic. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm the best because it's my website and I, and I can do that. Uh, the best way to kick the tires on things is just to get to an interview and come prepared with questions and just use your eyes and ears and let that be the judge of, of, okay, are these guys cool? Are they too cool? Are they square? Are they too square? What is it that I'm seeing and hearing here? And, and just sort of evaluate based on that. There isn't at this point in time, and that's, that's something that's in development. There isn't like a scoring or a metric or a metric saying cannabis company, a apples to apples to cannabis company B, this is their, their rating as far as like a Yelp review or things like that. That's something that's coming, but that's not, not available at the time. So the best way to make your, to make your determinations of who's legit or who's not is talk to someone in the company during the interview process. And then if you wanted to go work at a company and they have a retail shop in Lansing, go in there and just kind of hang around and then talk to the employees and then friend them on Facebook and just, and message them. There are also interviews that are unpublished at this. Well, they'll be published by the time this comes out, but there are other interviews with human resources managers and employees on the Weedworks podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcast. So that's a little bit of a resource and that that'll develop out, but you really want to see who is kind of walking the walk. And the best way to do that is get an interview and, and get in front of that HR person and then just grill them, grill them. Awesome. What's your, okay. what's your employee? I mean, boiler, boilerplate questions like, okay, well, what's your employee retention rate? What sort of perks, you know, what sort of benefits do I get a working year aside from a job and a salary? What's your internal development processes for, for career development for me? It's, is there room for advancement? How big is the team? How well-funded is this, is this organization? There are, there are some businesses that are they're up and operational, but they're barely just surviving. And if if anything were to happen to them, they'd go under because they just don't have they don't have the cash flow yet, or they don't have access to capital to get the things they need. And so that stuff is not readily available out in the world, and, and I doubt that it ever would be. But that's those are things that you could ask during the interview process. Again, just talking to other employees and saying, "Hey, well, what do you think here? What's do you like it? I think the biggest indicator is the vibe when you go into a place like what's the vibe from the employees. And I think right now the vibe from the employees is they're going to be freaking hustling their butts off, just doing the physical, no contact delivery. I think that the pace, mm -hmm. at least at the retail side has increased just because of the, the extra steps that go into the work. So that's a, uh, that's a roundabout way. I mean, I wish I could say, hey, just talk to me. I could tell you everything. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunately is not the case. Um, 
it's just going to come down to sort of what a company's reputation is outside of their own marketing firm and what it is that you can you can see for yourself during the interview process and then what it is the community at large is saying. And as more of this, as the industry develops further, there'll be a lot more resources. And a lot of the companies that are launching now, no one knows anything about them. They're just, they're just popping up and we don't know if they're good. We don't know if they're bad, but that's something that I can say that any of the companies that handgrown.jobs does business with, I talked to the executives. I talked to the board. I talked to the HR. I placed many of the HR managers. Um, So I know these companies and I'm in the position to where I have the prerogative to not do business with people that I don't agree with as far as values and ethics and morals. And so any of the companies that you see on handroad.jobs are people that I would, I would happily put my stamp on and say, Hey, these are people that I do business with. And I encourage you to work with because these are people that I've had a conversation with. And some of the questions that I would need to have answered, like, are you guys going to be financially viable in six months? You know, like things like that are already pre-vetted through handgrown.jobs. And that's just me doing my diligence because if I, if I connect you to a company and they're a bunch of sexual predators, then yeah, of course that's on them, but you're going to go, Matt, what the hell? Why did you send it? Why, why did you connect with these guys? <laughs> right. Right. So, that's, yeah, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a long-winded answer to that. Um, <laughs> well, no, awesome. That's really helpful. And um, very overwhelming, you know, there, like, on the internet when you don't know where to start. But that's, like, a good place to start. So, yeah. And, um, and our services, you know, we're, we're from the industry. I've, I've been in the cannabis industry. I've built, I've built the businesses that these guys are building now. I did 10 years ago. So I intimately am familiar with, with cannabis businesses growing and owning a dispensary. And so what we've done is we've pivoted to service you. Exactly. You are the, the job seeker that we're here to try to help because we leverage our experience from the cannabis industry to try to prepare you and give you as much knowledge and information walking into this deep fog of uncertainty as, as we can. So, yeah, I mean, really it's, it's what can we do to help you? And it, it seems like knowing more about companies is, is really it. And I guess, so my next question is what are the things that you've seen or heard about the industry that are concerning to you? I mean, obviously, the biggest concern is, like, the laws and the regulations and how there's no, like, um, there's very different views on that state by state and between state and the federal level. Um, so that's always a concern. I also, when I was online, I saw a lot of um, verbiage, like I said, illicit market. People have a lot of concern with the illicit market, how that's still, like, a lot of competition and how they can provide the product at like a cheaper price, so it um, it affects the business owners that are doing it under regulations and laws. Um, and then also, you know, there's just like that that public perception of the cannabis industry and how that would like affect 
me moving forward. I mean, I come from a family that's pretty conservative about their views on cannabis. <laughs> right. um, so uh, just that um, in general is a concerning fact. Like, how do I talk to my family about it and come off as professional when they already have this stigma in their head about it? Yeah, it's kind of like it could be uh, – Hey mom, look at this new tattoo I got type of a thing. It's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, so to, to go back one with the, the feds and the laws as an employee, doesn't matter what level you're at as an employee, you're shielded. You don't really have any issues, you know, unless, unless, unless you're doing something illegal. If I'm going in there and stealing stuff or, or, or um, taking products or whatever, then if I'm, breaking the law, then I'm liable. But as far as like, it's a nice sunny day, we're at work, the feds are going to kick in the door and they're going to go, okay, everyone in here is arrested. Those days are pretty much over. If that happens, then more often than not, it is some unlicensed illicit facility. And and you would know that going in. And and also we we only connect people with and with licensed facilities. So there's none of the None of the gray area or illicit areas that that we would. And so as far as Jeopardy legally, that's the owners. That's on them. So if if anything's going to happen, they're going to go at the head of the dragon and and not you or me or anybody else. So you can put that you can put that to bed. The, The next thing is, does the black market undermine the legitimate industry? Yeah, to a point. But if human beings and dinosaurs existed during the same time, would, would I go, are dinosaurs a threat to humans? Yeah, definitely, because they're huge and you know, they're there and they're a problem. But the meteor's coming and it's a meteor that only kills the dinosaurs and leaves the humans alone. And I don't know how that metaphor worked out, but my point is, is that the illicit market has, has a limited shelf life. Yeah, they can, they can do well now. And they may have an impact now in seven years. No, the only people that will be growing will be people that grow five, six, a dozen plants, whatever, whatever state, whatever rules they have allows for, for personal use. That will not affect the industry. What we'll see is, and this is, this is normal, we'll see the, the illicit market right now can, they can sell cheaper because they don't have taxes, they don't have payroll, they don't have all these business expenses. And as the states issue more licenses, and as these facilities start to come into operation, and they hit their their yield maximization, they grow more plants, and then they can grow more plants more cheaply, we'll start to see the prices for consumers come down. And once that happens, cannabis consumers are, are touchy on two things. One is price. It's just like gasoline, drive an extra five miles and save a penny on a penny per gallon. Cannabis consumers are the same way. So they're very sensitive to price. And the next thing is cannabis consumers are, uh, they love variety and choice. So a dispensary is going to have way more variety of products across the board than my plug, you know, my dude. He's just going to have a couple and that's, that's that. So the market will naturally drive the consumers towards, towards these legitimate businesses. And 
that that in and of itself will will turn off the valve of revenue for the illicit market. And without without money coming in, no business is is sustainable. And that's what the illicit market is, is it's a business. So if they don't have access to their customers who are now going and spoiled for choice and they have much cheaper products because of the scales of economy and efficiencies, then it sort of just takes care of itself. So that's not really an issue. Um, it's not really that much of an issue right now. Um, and in, as, as every month that goes by, it becomes less and less. And also the, the legislatures and law enforcement has much less of a, a tolerance for it because now the illicit market is taking money from the state coffers. So, and they, the, the, the government wants their money. So the illicit market is messing with their money. So there, there'll be a, a much more targeted effort to kind of stamp that out. So that's, that's my take on, on how the illicit market affects the legitimate market. The last thing is the stigma. Yeah, the stigma is real. And how have you grappled with, you know, kind of, it, it's like coming out in a way like saying, hey, uh, I'm going to go and, uh, and get a job in cannabis. My family, you know, I have, a, I have a big family. And so when we get together at Christmas, my aunt and uncle, they go, hey, Matt, are you still a drug dealer? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not a fucking yeah, drug dealer. Okay. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but because they work in the industry, I'm a drug dealer. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so how do how you reconcile that? How do you like what are you facing as far as stigma of having that conversation of this is a job that I'm choosing? Unfortunately, a lot of my like, friends are very, very easy to talk to. My family, I haven't because I'm so new into this and I haven't really I'm just kind of like digging my toe in. I haven't even had the conversation with my family yet, just because I didn't really know anything what to say about where I'm going down this path. And I, I do know that like my family is very supportive. They, they support the decisions that I make. Um, but they don't always agree with the decisions that I make, and I think that that's how kind of I have to tackle this. Like, hey, this is my decision. This is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to happen, and it kind of just got to rely on your family to support you along the way. But I just want to make sure that I come across as like committed and professional. And I'm um, just like, hey, mom and dad, I, I like weed. So this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, I want to make sure that they're, they're confident in the decision that I'm making as well. And I want them to have to worry. Would you, would you want to work at like a mom and pop shop or would you want to work in a more corporate environment? I really, um, I could go either way. I've worked in both. I've changed in both sides of it. I do enjoy mom and pop shops a little bit more because you know, you get that more, like, there's more, I feel like, um, not only compassion, but you know, there's just like, there's more at stake for a mom and pop shop. It's more like in the family. Um, I've also found that in those situations, I have a little bit more freedom to do what I please with the position. Um, and I really, I like being able to be flexible and adaptable in situations. Um, and corporate environments have less 
opportunities here, but I really am comfortable working in either environment. Well, that's good. Yeah, there's there's definitely options. Looking at the industry, what businesses have caught your eye? I haven't seen like any like specific businesses like through my research online. We do have a couple uh, dispensaries around uh, my area too that I can think of. Um, and they've really been catching my attention lately. Like, uh, the parking lot's always full and they're just slammed all the time, but <laughs> I'm not hearing. Um, and I do know people that will go there and, um, they both do both medical and recreational use. But, um, even with the volume that they've had and the chaos it seems, uh, I haven't heard any negative response from the community about, um, like customer service or anything like that. And I think that's really awesome. Um, I can't say the same about certain, like, restaurants or um, places like that in the same area. So I think that just that level, like, they step it up a level. Yeah. I think that's really cool. What What I've seen and heard is the companies that are, that are operating now, they are leading the way with best practices because they know that not only is the community that they're in watching them, but other communities are watching them too. And so it seems like, it seems like everybody's on their best behavior. How long does that last? (laughs) Forever. I hope it seems like there's no real like scumbags at this point that, that I've seen. And if there are, then let me know for sure. The businesses, they get so much media attention, which is great for them. I think the only thing that probably is the the takeaway is that, like you said, the, the parking lot is always busy. They're just slammed. I think that the businesses have had to be so nimble, make these adjustments from the regulators to be open and to be safe and compliant that I think people are just like running around like crazy. I, I just, I, I know everybody's just, working their butts off. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's without a doubt. Okay. I guess also, too, like, um, I have noticed that maybe here, but we've not experienced the yellow and just like a way to send to me. I didn't realize they had all these other tools on their websites and stuff like that. So um, I thought that was kind of cool, too, like things that were right there in my face. I didn't know that they had all these other tools in that. I sort of lost you. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I switched to my headphones because I was having a hard time hearing you. Um, oh. Is that better at all? Can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, no worries. Um, but what I was saying, um, I was uh, also like Leafly and Weed Maps, which I have heard of before and yeah. really just thought they were um, just there to find centuries and where my knees. I realized that these they also have different tools and little bits of knowledge that I didn't know were there before. So I thought that was kind of cool. Something that was staring at me right in the face um, had a little bit extra to, to give me and I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leafly. Leafly back in the day, they've, they've changed into a little more of a, like a media company. But back in the day, Leafly was just all about information. It's a way you could go and just learn about different strains and find a place to get whatever it is you were looking for. But they really were purveyors of information. Yeah, Leafly, I, I like I like Leafly. Weedmaster is good too. 
don't have any issue with them either. But yeah, those are those are definitely good resources. So talking about learning, have you seen any classes, certificates, anything like that? Have you come across those yet? Yes. Um, actually, with the staffing company that I was working with, that's when it kind of hit a filming. I was in your interview process, and the next step was to get a compliance certification. certification. And they were really pushing this one online class. And But I, there are so many different places that you could get these online certifications. And I just I didn't even know what was, where was the right place or what was the right test or anything like that. And when I tried to reach out to the company for help, um, they never got back to me. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard back from them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, <laughs> that's kind of common. And... Yeah. Well, one, I, I take huge issue with staffing companies in general because they're going to take they're going to take part of your wage. That's money that you could be having. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not OK. So uh, I, I don't like them for that. And yeah. So but also a lot of the companies out there, they don't know cannabis. They may know human resources and that's great, but they don't know cannabis. They don't know anything about cannabis. So how is someone that doesn't know anything about a topic going to teach and prepare someone for for that job and they're not they're not it's just a it's just a money grab but today's podcast is not about me ranting about <laughs> uh <laughs> those freaking staffing companies or the certifications for that matter because i could rant about those about the online certifications that could be a whole nother podcast so the online certifications here's the issue with those is that there are so many of them and again it's more often than not written by people that know how to write certifications or they know how to write compliance curriculum, but they may not know cannabis. And that's not really the biggest issue because compliance is compliance. You could just go read the regs, the regulations and, and write a compliant practice. And that's not a big deal. The, the big deal with these online certifications is nobody cares, not even one bit. No one recognizes them from company to company or by the state. So it's something where a person, and and this is the, you're the people that they go after is the the driven, ambition people that want to get a step up and prepare themselves and walk into the industry with wide eyes wide open. Okay, well, for $250, I can give you the best opportunity to swipe your credit card. And it's like, it, it's like, mm-hmm. yes, okay, I want to, I want to, I want that advantage. So here's my 250 bucks. But the problem is once I get that piece of paper and I go and interview, all that would show human resources is, okay, cool. I took initiative to go get a certification, but they may have a completely set of standard operating procedures that have no bearing whatsoever to that certification. And so it could be an expensive way and a time consuming way to get a piece of paper that says that you're a go-getter. And there's other ways to demonstrate effort other than that. And then also there are so many of them. And and this is a a project that I'm working on in the back end here is going through these curriculums and putting it and assigning a grade to them because there are some that are good out there. And then there's the rest of them that are hogwash. And I don't want anybody wasting their time or money on, on that. There's especially with as tight as things are now, like, no. So yeah. I'm glad I talked to you before I signed up for that. I'm glad you talked to me too. <laughs> I, yeah. And you're 
you're you're not the only person. There's about a dozen or so people that I've talked to that have had experiences with staffing companies or with placement companies that have had a very similar experience to yours. Or they've worked with them and not been able to gain any sort of advantage or gain any sorts of insights into the industry. I don't know everything and I'm limited on my capabilities, but I know cannabis. That I know more than anything. Um, so yeah, <laughs> good on you for finding me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, feel, I feel like I'm in the right, the right connection here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? Uh, if you don't find a job as a uh, <laughs> as an events as an events person, you could just team me up to promote all my stuff on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like four of this episode. It's great. So thanks. Um, yeah. So the certificates and also be leery of, there was one company, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them, um, but there was one company in Detroit and they were claiming that in order to have a job at their company, an individual would have to have this certificate and it was 750 bucks. And I went, okay, one, that's illegal. And two, that's, well, after that, who cares? Um, but it's so immoral and unethical to do that. And uh, now that's not how, that's not how on the job training, that's not how workforce development works is. Uh, and they, I, they abruptly did that. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I have no business with you. So yeah, go find something else, but I don't want anything to do with them. Um, that's one, that's one example that I can think of where companies have. And I think that, I think that they were just naive. And what I've seen is a lot of the companies will be the board or they'll be the executives, the owners, and that'll be it. It's just five or six people that hold the license and then they don't have anything else. And so I feel like they were sort of shot out of a cannon and that's on them. You know, they, they have a business plan. They, they could do better. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they didn't know the landmine that they stepped on. And once they realized it, they they walked that back quickly, which, you know, is a good thing for, for the industry and for you is what I've seen is employees will come into a company and, you know, once, once you get your feet wet and they know you and you have a rapport and there's that trust built and mutual respect, it's something where leadership is pretty keen on listening to their employees. I've, I've seen that across the board where employees will say, Hey boss, uh, yeah, we should do it this way. And and they'll have a conversation. They'll go, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you told me. And so it's definitely an industry where collaboration is is appreciated. I haven't seen too many of, like, the, the dudes thumping their chest and proclaiming that they're the all-knowing, um, omnipotent one. I haven't seen that yet, <laughs> and I hope I never do. <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely something where if you have ideas, which it, it sounds like you do, and that's great. Then finding a place where they'll listen to you and, and let you do your thing. That's the most beneficial situation that that could come out. My, here's my advice to you is start poking around and there's some jobs coming up on handgrown.jobs. Start poking around and, and just see who can, who could be a fit and then have a conversation with them with whatever businesses and see if a if a special event license or if a consumption lounge is part of their 
their business plan if that's part of their growth strategy and see if you can start to position yourself, you know, as as a director or associate director or manager of events or, or whatever title, whatever title you come up with or is appropriate and see if you can move into that position. If, if you're looking for just a, a point of entry, then more often than not, it's either going to be in management, managing, managing people, or it's going to be a specialism or it's going to be just entry level either in the garden or in a storefront. Outside sales are starting to come in. If that's something that is in your wheelhouse or you're capable or comfortable doing, then that may be an option. But I think that... Is that you said outside sales? Is that what you said? Yeah, outside sales. There's a couple companies that are looking for like outside sales reps right now. So that may be something... Not really. Yeah. Yeah, that's not really like not really my... Sales are not I know that's like a lot, like it's retail and sales are important, but it's not really like my um, really strongest. Uh, yeah, salespeople are either salespeople and they're just like, yeah, sales, I love sales, or there's everybody else. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, like my dad's a sales person and so is my boyfriend. And I know that that's definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just getting your foot in the door somewhere is probably your best bet given given your education and your background in events and your work history basically in customer service i would i would try to find just some job where you can start to feel out the industry and mm-hmm. and kind of go from there whether that's like a like a receptionist or whether that's a bud tender or if that's something in the customer service side of retail, that's probably where I would start, to be honest. Okay, cool. Yeah, just kind of get my foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. And once you've once you've worked at a worked at a, a place, redo your resume and mm-hmm. oh, network. Oh man, network your butt off. Seriously. LinkedIn yeah. has probably been the best source of, of finding other people that are that are real people that are that have value in their own ways. LinkedIn is is pretty good. Facebook is Facebook is Facebook, and there's mm-hmm. there's specialized groups for sure. If you're working at a at a place, make friends with the staff at other at other other shops. You know, make friends with the the people that you work with because the way that this is going is the people that are entry level now in two or three years will be management, and then after that, if they choose, they can move into directorships or executive. Or business ownership. I think that's the biggest resource is just getting to know the people, you know, that are, it's just like working in service. You know, when I worked in, when I worked in nightclubs, I'd go out with all the other bartenders and bar backs and stuff like that. Like those are, those are the people who I hung out with. So whenever there was an opportunity to like do a gig or do something like that, they'd be like, oh, hey, man, we need a guy for Saturday. I'd be like, oh, cool. I'll go over there. Um, so that's, that's a super traditional way. How you do that during coronavirus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I definitely um well I, my original goal was to go into the music industry and take my event playing skills in there. And I learned quickly that um I was very bad at networking in college and all that. And so I can I know that that really kind of can make or break career goals and like being successful in careers, like really getting to know people can help a lot. 
Well, yeah, and I think that I you've like got taken advantage of it before, and I will not make the same mistake twice. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, and you know, looking at looking at your resume, the fact that you did three years co-leading the Java Jam, that's good. I mean, that's a that's a music festival that probably would be very similar to special events in cannabis. So I think that if the opportunity was there, then you would be a strong candidate to get, you know, to, to get after one of these positions. I just think it's a matter of timing at this point. Yeah. It's exciting to feel those, those words together too, like cannabis special events. Like I had no idea that anything about existed in this industry. So here that is very exciting. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. And it'll, yeah. And I feel like once everything is sort of lifted and back to normal, one of these events are going to be very attractive for the businesses, but I feel like people are just going to be like, Oh my God, let's go do stuff. So, right. okay. What, um, how else can I help you? What, uh, what are the questions? What do you need from me? Um, really just my only other question I have is other than, um, talking to people, to build my knowledge about more of like products and less like of the industry like where like how what would you suggest other than like reaching out to um, people and networking ah okay well you teed me up again <laughs> so we've got <laughs> a I've, I've got a pdf that we're you know we're, we're putting through the professional process and making it look you know not like a just Word document, um, but we've got a, a PDF that we're going to make available as a free resource, just a, a download to give you to give you an idea of the different strains, the different types of products, the different ways to talk and to communicate to customers. And this thing is really retail facing. So this is this is for people that want to work, you know, as as bud tenders or in a retail shop just to give that depth of knowledge as far as what is white widow? What is OG Kush? What is cookies? What is, what is this stuff? What does it mean? What are the different effects indica sativa hybrid? How do I, how do I talk to a person and convey this information without making them have a brain aneurysm from giving them way too much, (laughs) keeping people in the shallow end just so it's easy communication and then also there, if there's customers that want to know more information, then being able to kind of dive a little bit deeper. That's something that is probably three, four weeks away from, from being available. That's, that's something that is, is very retail facing. So I don't know if that's specifically what you're looking for. Um, really anything at this point my i i do not i don't have a lot of knowledge about cannabis and very very basic so like at this point really anything um, would be helpful yeah so. uh okay so as far as as far as like growing and things like that then you know there's the there's the grow guides by ed rosenthal and Harry cervantes but those are going to be technical books about cultivation. As far as general knowledge books, you know, you got my, you got my gears turning and it's more like, okay, now I have more questions for you. Like, what is it that you want to know more often than not? Because we've done this, we've done cannabis for so long. We have all this information, but I don't know what you want to know. You know? Yeah, I guess um, more if I'm like being 
kind of toward more the like special events and I guess maybe more just like the um the like production, the marketing of it or like um I don't know how like how we connect with like the customer base. Um so I guess the retail would be really helpful. More helpful. I'm trying to think of growing and like the technical stuff. Yeah. Probably the most can be at the top of my list. Oh um, um okay. Marketing. Yeah, marketing is gonna be that's something I can point you to right now. Um cool. marketing around cannabis is very challenging because of some of the social media platforms policies towards cannabis that handgrown.jobs can't run Google ads. We can't run Facebook ads. Thing we have nothing to do with cannabis other than we connect job seekers to cannabis employers. That's it. And so from a marketing point of view, I mean, that's like, that's the biggest wellspring of reaching people and we are excluded from using it. And so are, so, so is everybody in the cannabis industry. And it's a major point of contention for everybody. So the question is, is that if, as, as an events producer, what's the point in having an event if nobody shows up on the, and the only way to get people there is to, through awareness and that's marketing. So something that would, that would strengthen you. Like if, if you were coming in to an interview for an events production position, I would say, okay, because we're a cannabis company, give me some examples of how you would market our company's event to the community. I mean, we went and made stencils with pot leaves and uh, <laughs> that said handgrown.jobs. And I went and, literally graffitied with a washable chalk in an aerosol can, like a spray paint can. And I went and put like, we did this for like eight hours one night in Grand Rapids when everybody came back to go to school. And we graffitied every sidewalk around Grand Valley and Western and Galvin and all through downtown to get people aware of, okay, why is there's this pot leaf and what's this hand jobs? It was guerrilla marketing. Um, but that's that's a way. And then we created original social media content on that. And then without advertisements, then we just posted it and just kept pushing it that way. So what are some ways that you can that you can do that, you know, in your own way? I mean, if you want to use the graffiti spray paint thing, I'll I'll happily connect you with the resources. Um <laughs> it's a it's a mess. But I would become familiar with Facebook, with LinkedIn, with Instagram's policies on advertisements for marketing a cannabis company, which is basically would be cannabis events. And then I would think about ways to, to advertise or market that event. And then also <clears throat> develop relationships or think about how do you write a press release or how do you get the attention of the news? How do you make this newsworthy? Basically, how do you work around these these big problems in the industry of not just being able to put an ad and, and pay 10 bucks and have it reach thousands of people on Facebook. That's a big challenge. And it takes quite a bit of effort. But if, if you could dive into that, and there's not a one size fits all, if you could dive into that, then I think that would give you an advantage. And also it would make you more in the know pertaining to your, to your specific role in the field. Because marketing, you're either going to do the marketing yourself or you're going to be working with the marketing department or a consultant. So you would need to be aware of those policies anyway. 
Leafly would have good articles. Weed Maps would have good articles. Just Google, uh, Google in general would have good articles. And then maybe buying contact lists. What are some ways to buy email lists or influencer marketing? That's influencer marketing, I think, is probably one of the most underutilized, undervalued, underrated ways of communicating cannabis messages today. Influencer marketing, if I was running an event, then I would I would find mid-tier Instagram influencers or maybe regional YouTubers, uh, maybe even some LinkedIn people or Facebook, and see if we could do some original content creation or just get them to, to give some plugs for um, for the business. I mean, it would basically be like what they did for Fire Festival, but not a total shit show. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, has, has that become a case study in college yet? Well, I happened after I graduated. So we're not right yet. towards the end of it. So I'm not sure, but I'm sure it would be a useful case study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I definitely learned about what not to do if I ever want to have a music festival. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the, the man the man had confidence, so you gotta give him that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> man. Okay. Well great, awesome. This is a great place to start. I never really thought about it in this way because usually marketing's like the easy part of an event. Like mm. <laughs> so but not like in the cannabis industry the way you explain it, it's totally a one eighty when it comes to that point. Oh, hey, you know what? Um yeah. I was a guest lecturer at Grand Valley State University's Hospitality and Tourism Management course. It was the first of its kind in the nation. It was Professor John Lipford, and he ran a, a class with a special emphasis on on cannabis. And I've got I've got a some video buried in one of my archives. I'll publish that on on YouTube, and it's. I think it's like an hour and 15 minutes of me wearing a suit and tie, which I love to do and talking to this class about basically about your topic. And I just kind of grilled them. I was like, Hey, well, how would you do this event? What, what are your thoughts on this? Like given your expertise, like what are some considerations that you'd need to make in having a cannabis event and making sure that, you're probably one of the first. So how do you set a positive example? Because that's really what the cannabis industry is about at this point in time is making sure that we don't throw muck on anyone else's faces and ruin anyone else's opportunity by being bad actors or being shitty at what we do. So it's how do we make sure that we have all the things in place to make sure that like at, at uh, street festivals that people aren't walking around with open containers and things like that. So I can find that and publish it. I'll send you a link. And yeah, so that's, yeah, happy to, happy to do it. Um, If you come up with any more questions, thoughts, concerns, you've got my email, feel free to shoot me a a message. And uh, if, if I can answer it, I will. If it's something that's out of my wheelhouse, either find the answer or I'll point you to somebody that, that can. So, I mean, whatever resources I can make available, I will. I really appreciate that. That's so, that's so awesome. This is this 
you're awesome. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, super great. Like, yeah, no, well, thanks. I appreciate it. But I have a, a fantastic team of people that, that make this all possible. You know, I'm just a guy behind the microphone. <laughs> so it's, a, yeah, well, your it's organization is great. I think like any organization that provides the opportunity for people is cool. I dig it. So yeah. Thank you for doing what you guys do. Well, you're welcome. Happy to help. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's the point in the, the Weedworks podcast, you know, blunt conversations about working in cannabis. It's, it's really just about making the information available. And um, on that note, I'd like to follow up with you, you know, in a month or so and just kind of see how your search is going or if you have a job, like how that's going, what your, what your journey and experience has been. If that's something you're open to, then I yeah, can. Yeah, of course. Cool, cool. And then I've got a new revision of your uh, resume here, and I will fire that off. I need to have a conversation with a team member real quick about it. But we went through and we had a team member go through and completely redo your resume. And I'm looking at them side by side and it is night and day. So you've got a fully polished professional resume that we can send to you. That's awesome. And <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And so I would think as you're, as you're learning things, I would add to, I would add to the resume and then cannabis experience isn't, isn't required. It's not necessary. It would help, you know I mean? And not just being like, Oh, I smoke blunts all day. Like I know, I know weed. Like, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey man. Right. Like, I yeah. got this. No, yeah. I get it. We <laughs> want to come off. We want to come off like professional and not like lazy hippie. Yeah, and the people that do really well as far as landing these jobs, they're cool, but they're not too cool. They're serious, but they're not like robots. It's 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 how do you strike a balance between like, yeah, okay, it's weed. Like, yeah, cool, it's cool, but not like I don't give a flip. Like, whatever. Um, Right. Yeah, so I I think you'll be fine in that. And then last thing, so on handgrown.jobs, probably by the time that I publish this, which will be in uh, probably about two weeks or three weeks, there'll be the ability to upload a video. So you'll be able to take your smartphone and just say, and I'll have a script, just some basic questions, basically what we went over today. And in like three or four minutes, just answer those questions. And you'll be able to upload that video onto your profile. That way, employers can see what who Tori is and what she's about. But also, the employers are going to be able to do the same thing. So when you're searching for a job, you'll be able to click on a video and, and maybe see the human resources manager or see the CEO or whoever they put in front of the camera. And they'll be able to do the same thing. So you'll be able to do that That getting eyes and ears on somebody virtually. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that you brought up a really good point of like, how do you tell if someone's good or not? Well, I was like, okay, well let's, let's turn the camera on them and let people judge for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an awesome idea. I'm excited about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to shoot this re- revised resume over to you probably in a couple hours. And, um, if you need anything, give me a holler and thanks for participating. 
Yeah, thank you again for this opportunity and thank you so much for all your help and advice. Forward to listening to you more. Yeah, happy to. Have a good day, Tori. You too, thanks. Bye. Okay, it's time for the after interview review where we talk about the interview that we just had. And today was with Tori. Tori asked some really good questions and, you know, so much of this is so new that my gears were turning and I was like, Oh, you know what? I know, I know some of the the questions that she's asking. How do I put these into deliverables? That way she can, she can have those like in a PDF or in a video. How do I make these resources available? And that's a question that I'm going to put to you guys. Like, I don't know what you guys don't know. And I don't know what you guys want to know. I can make some guesses, but it's sort of like the curse of knowledge where I, I've known this stuff for so long that I just don't know what it's, what it's like to not know this stuff. So it would be really helpful for, for the community, for me and for you and for everyone involved. If you guys would send emails to contact at, rcannabis.org. That's contact at ourcannabis.org. And fire in those fire in those questions. You know, if if it's something that we can answer, then we most certainly will put together some like a PDF or a video. And I can always reach out to my friends and colleagues in the industry and we can put something together that's that's credible and that is that that has practical real world application. That's really what it what it's about. It's you know we're not here to, to sell you a bunch of shit. It's this is stuff that we're happy to happy to share the the generous friends and donors to our cannabis make all of this possible. We don't need your money. We are here to support the industry and support you and getting your career going. So I'm not here to sell you anything other than subscribe, download the podcast. That's, that's what I'm pushing here. But as far as like selling courses and stuff like that, that that's not our thing. That's not, that's not what we're here to do. But we need to know what you want to know. <laughs> so help us help you help others. I, I love doing the podcast. I, I find that these things go, you know, it's been an hour and 13 minutes. And I think that Tori had some really good questions. And I appreciate that. And I appreciated her coming on the show. I think that she's early in Michigan, especially given coronavirus for her given skill set. But I think that there's an opportunity for her to, to join a team and just to become a trusted, respected member of that team. That way, inevitably, when we get back to business as usual, then she's in position or she is networked and she knows people to where she can find that position. So I think she's in a good spot. You know, I look at her resume and you know she graduated from Eastern Michigan and she was heavily involved in student organizations and she won outstanding student organization awards. And then she co-led this big music event uh, thing called Java Jam for three years. So, and then looking at her work history, you know, she's got basic stuff as, as far as counting a cash drawer and, and just those transactional fun, fundamental skills. But the fact that she's done events in, in a music venue, which is probably going to be very similar to a cannabis cannabis venue or event. Uh, and that she's worked, you know, she's worked at restaurants. She's worked at 
record stores. She worked at bookstores and she's worked in, in different, uh, oh, she worked at the, uh, car dealership too. So she's got a diverse experience as far as customer service. So I think that she would do well, you know, when we can get back to it. So I'm excited to follow up with Tori and see how her journey is. And I love it when people are like, oh yeah, I got a job and I'm doing this and I'm stoked. And that's my favorite thing in the world. If you want to participate in the podcast, then you can reach us at 616-206-3240. Once again, 616-206-3240. That's the Weedworks in-studio hotline Tuesdays through Thursdays, noon to two Eastern Standard Time. And you can always reach out to us on uh, on email at contact at rcannabis.org, contact at ourcannabis.org. Or you can send me a message on LinkedIn, Matt Hoffman, or on Facebook. This has been the Weedworks Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember to tell your friends, download, like, subscribe, wherever, whenever you get your podcast. Enjoy the rest of the day. And I look forward to seeing you in the cannabis field. Mm-hmm.